0: Fox take a tumble, ladies and gentlemen. The Dow is down 500 points as we're coming to you right now on BHS Live on this very special edition on Monday, December 5th. I'm your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, Tobin Smith, out in well, rainy and hot right. Scottsdale, Arizona, right <laughs> now. And Toby, I got to tell you, when we went to Arrow on Friday after the jobs report, we saw we we actually saw the markets re- rebound after initially selling off off the stronger than than expected jobs. Uh, jobs numbers for November. But now, I guess, after people had some time to digest uh, some some of the data points over the weekend, now we see the markets taking a tumble. And now the fears of recession are starting to creep back into the narrative. What do you think, though? Is this going to be sticky? Are we going to be seeing a sell-off for some time? Should we cancel Christmas right now, Toby? That's what our <laughs> listeners want to know.
1: Now you're talking. Now you're talking. I, I have my very, very nice, expensive, artificial tree up. So I've done I've done my job. Excellent. Yeah, Todd, you know, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I think that a lot of people who were not investing, not trading in the, you know, late 90s, in the 2000s, and then maybe for the the, uh, financial crisis, they they don't really have a sense of of how these bear market rallies work. And so to to make it even more confusing, as you say, on Friday, there was good economic news. And in theory... (laughs) In a Fed uh, world where the Fed is raising rates, uh, and and when they see you know good information, you know that makes it more likely that they're going to keep raising rates because remember their job here is to take the cookies away. Uh, it's not it's not to make everybody happy. We're done with that. We had excuse me 12 years of that. But today we come out with these real high uh, service numbers uh, service employment, service wages, so on and so forth, which is oh you know about 72 percent of our economy. <laughs> and now and now you know good news is bad news. W- what about Friday? There was bad right. news on Friday. Yeah. Uh, or, excuse me, there was good news on Friday. What news. news? Right, right. So, uh, that's, I understand everybody's scratching their head. I'm already, you know, I, I think I've lost it. You see up here, I used to have hair down here. <laughs> <laughs> It's now gone. But but this is what bear market rallies are about. Right. And particularly at the end of the year. So let's just say uh, you're a Tato and you're sitting there and you're looking at your fund that you manage and you're comparing it to the this you know melt up that we've had in the last three, four weeks, where basically the Fed, you know, finally said, Okay, hey, we're not, you know, we're not it, you know, we're not trying to kill this economy. We're just trying to smother it. There's you know difference in that word. And but it, it runs out of gas when all of a sudden reality you know hits the fan and the reality that hits the fan is that dude we have 10 million job openings we have four and a half million people looking for work all right you you're not going to smell that you you have service wages up seven and a half percent in many industries six and a half and overall that's not getting people to you know spend less remember this whole exercise in in the you know financial buffoonery is that it once the inflation genie was out of the bag you had to look at it i've said for you know until i'm blue in the face, or in my case, red in the face, that one-year rents aren't going down, wages right. aren't going down, healthcare's not going down, costs—all and those are the ones that, that counts. And in theory, the market should go down on good news. Friday, I don't know what the hell happened. I couldn't—I couldn't make a case fault. Yeah, but yes. today makes sense. And it also, by the way, technically, you know, hit right—the S and P 500 got right to that 4,100, uh, you know, line, which is basically the line in the sand uh, where if they. At to get over that, we're still in, in declining highs. It's you know, the, the arrow is pointing down, the slope is pointing down, and we're failing at, at every one of these um you know points where there's resistance. Well, when you do that, then the algorithms, you know, the computers that all say if it fails at the 4105, then sell, they sell and and they and or short, and that's what you get. I mean, this is Whoa. really typical bear market behavior. It's just, I think a lot of people haven't lived through these things. Yeah, with the
0: biggest fear, right. Right now, I think for the Federal Reserve is that Americans start to, they're conditioned enough to start to accept the higher prices with inflation. Because if you really look at the data right now, I mean, you had Black Friday sales, people were out shopping, there were high volumes of shoppers on the coast to coast. You also have uh, a stock market that you get a jobs report that actually shows that equities are are increasing in value. The month of November was sensational. December seasonally usually does well. Usually the Santa Claus rally at the end of the month, so so you look at a lot of these points that are happening. There's a lot of good news that's taking place, but the fear is, oh my goodness, the Fed is going to continue to hike rates. Therefore, yeah. we are going to have that recession, and there and investors start getting a little skittish off of that. But you do that's that's the thing. You have to make sure that Americans remember that they're paying you know five bucks at the pump and six dollars for a gallon of milk, and over and over and over again. I think if they could stu- do that, and um, then you could start um, then. Um, then they can start, uh, you know, accepting, I guess, the the higher interest rates and therefore an, in, an inevitable uh, recession.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the United States is a completely different economy, obviously, than the UK and the EU. So the, the, the recession that they're in right now and going to have is completely different from our situation. I, I think I've been saying since we started this podcast that the, the math says that if we're going to have a recession, it would be recession light, meaning that it's not like a, a Sales are falling off the cliff. It's not like you know, auto sales are falling off the cliff. Yada yada yada. Which
0: but- is which is wait. Wouldn't you call that a soft landing then? Was, is yeah, that I the mean, definition right. Of- that's, okay.
1: that's a that's a it's you know we look at if you look at the Atlanta. I mean, people sort of forget this too. Um, the Atlanta uh, GDP now index is showing that fourth quarter growth in the United States is two and a half percent. Now, if you're a put your hat on like you're a Fed person, you don't want to see that if, because yeah. that growth uh, in GDP means that prices aren't coming down, and to your point, Todd, uh, there's some very interesting uh, work done on when you subtract uh, uh, various indices from each other, but the one that I really find interesting is is expectations uh, of prices. And then you subtract the um, uh, people's willingness to uh, uh, feeling about the economy. And uh, net net is, it's always been a sell signal. And right now it's flashing a giant sell signal because the inflation, forward inflation expectations are still high. And the, the other side of it is the how is your personal economics at home is bad well yeah. one of those lines got to cross and, and that's you know that's that's a long time indicator but but i am just saying is this remember remember was we buy the dips and it worked for me about 12 years in a row with a few exceptions we're now in the sell the rips if we if if you're if you're looking to build cash which people should be and going into safer stuff like 2 year bonds which we just bought a few million of this morning with a four point eight five percent yield for two years, so I'm going to get ten percent, and I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lose any money. <laughs> Love it. And when we come out of of the you know the the Fed cycle, those bonds are going to go up in value because interest rates are going to come down, and that's the inverse you know side of fixed income stuff. So, so yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to be real with people. Understand that. That forget about Friday. That was sort of an aberrant. I, I really, I really can't explain it. I can explain it today. It was very easy. <laughs>
0: Good well, news. the question, the good news is bad news. Bad news is good news scenario. You're right. Yeah, but, the question, but I wonder what's going to happen now, because, I mean, we start seeing that, that we're waiting for this critical CPI number that's going to be coming out. You got the FOMC that's going to be talking. I mean, there's going to be uh, some things that can really gyrate this market and really send stocks south in a hurry. And I think we're starting to see clues yeah. of that today. The question is, is it going to be uh, sustainable going forward?
1: Well, well, Todd, I don't I mean, I don't want to sound like this, you know, this is like cap- or whatever, but it was blew, blew me away that when Jay Powell did his little talk on, on last Thursday and said just quietly that yeah it's it's you know he's he's setting the expect- expectation for a half a percent raise in December right yeah and based on that little tidbit on a relative basis market explodes yeah you know, I- I'm sorry I- I'm not a conspiracy theorist I just know under how understand uh, understand how uh, you know commodity trading advisors CTAs who run trillions of dollars Are set up, and you know some algo guys have a thing that says that if he says it's gonna, you know, it it looks like it's fifty percent, buy stocks. And I guarantee you, half of those guys were selling those stocks today (laughs) because that's the that's the thing. The other thing you have coming here is you know you sort of have the January effect. People starting to look forward and say, if I'm behind the curve, then I needed to buy some stocks last week because you know month end. And and if I'm still behind the indexes, because remember. Dow Jones is the new QQQs, right? It's the new Nasdaq. Right. Um, the Dow Jones, you know, got almost to flat uh, on Friday for the year. Yeah. So if you can trade this market, and I'm just to say, I go long. We have a leverage play that we do on the Dow Jones um, when it, you know, when we sort of hit bottom off off these uh, support levels, and then we just buy that thing, and as soon as it freaking you know dies like it did today we sell it and then yeah. we re- reverse it and we buy the sqqs which is a in- index that actually goes up in value two times the amount the nasdaq goes down in value mm-hmm. that's been the trade the trade is okay f- fade it don't you know don't buy the dip fade the rip and okay. and, and you know that's going to be the way it is until it doesn't work because you know that yeah works. <laughs> yeah no so, i like it i like it a lot i mean and you're right
0: about that keep doing it why why fix it if it's not broken if that's right. Scenario. Stick with it and keep going with it because right now, I mean, I'm I'm kind of shocked that Powell will put himself into a corner like that by saying 50 basis points. Because oh my goodness, gotta help the markets if if this CPI number comes up and it's it's bolting hot. Because if that's the case, uh, Powell and and his crew are gonna have a a lot of explaining to do. That's for sure about that. Well, remember
1: remember though that the the Fed takes the core number of CPI and really right takes the core number of PCE, the personal consumption expenditure. so they right. they get rid of gasoline prices and they get rid of food and just amazingly I mean think about it natural gas prices are down 25 percent from the high in September yeah uh, oil prices are down 25 percent um,
0: down today big
1: yeah I mean down down you know big big yeah um, but that doesn't count as the real inflation because they are you know that's why you go with the core because the fuel prices and food prices have a variety of exogenous I just use I just like to use that word Todd <laughs> um, uh, you know impacts that have nothing to do with the real economy they have to do with you know does that opec want to screw everybody does yeah how's the weather going to be yada 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 um, right so so when you use core don't be worried about the cpi the pc we were you know look at the core cpi and the core cpi 35 percent of it is housing costs which maybe houses have gone down but rents haven't and, and that's how they mostly figure it and um uh, and and then hospital you know healthcare hasn't has, right. gone down at all i'm i've you know i've been we've been long some stocks i'll talk about a little later uh in the healthcare space but pharmaceutical are on fire. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, and I don't, you know, there's opportunities. There's bear, excuse me, there's bull markets within the bears, but for the overall indexes, man. You know, as I, as you say, you, you, I'll stop selling the ribs when it stops working. And yeah, right there now you it's go. Working pretty well.
0: No doubt about that. No doubt. Well, that's right. All right. Well, listen, stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to come up after the break. We're going to be giving you some winners and losers. Really start dissecting the markets a little bit further here as we get into the close. And we want to um, obviously talk about oil. Toby talked, to, hinted at it a little bit before, but uh, but we should talk about there are still uh, winners in that sector anyway. So please stick with us. We'll be right back on BHS.
1: Buy, hold, sell live, brought to you by Transformity Research.
0: On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one? Travis Carmichael the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people his success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian opera Naomi Knight through a roller coaster journey journey of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis, from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss, is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates please pick up your copy of no lie lives forever available in amazon and finer bookstores near you
1: did you know virtually all vessels traveling in the u.s have to be american built owned and crewed that's thanks to the jones act which is the bedrock of the American Maritime industry. On the American Maritime podcast, we cover the topics that matter most to the 650,000
0: men and women of American Maritime, while also being accessible
1: for the average listener to learn about this industry. Every episode features a new guest, including congressional leaders, senior military officials, leading policy analysts, and other experts. Come aboard and listen wherever you get your podcasts or watch on the American Maritime Partnership's YouTube channel.
0: Welcome back to VHS Live on this very special edition of this market sell-off. We are seeing, uh, we're seeing the Dow right now down 510 points. We, uh, as we head into the close right now and during this, uh, huh? during this show, I mean, I gotta tell you, Toby, I mean, sellers starting to, the selling starting to come back into full force. We're actually starting to, to hit the lower lows of the day. But I gotta tell you, what was really dropping the day was oil. We see oil prices West Texas Intermediate down to 77 a barrel. Can you believe this? I mean, it was just a few months ago we were talking probably hitting the, um, touching the uh, the record highs of 147. And here we're at 77 right now. Of course, the guy that's running the local gas station down the street hasn't received the memo yet to reduce uh-huh. the gas prices, but that's a whole other story. But Toby, you are a big energy guy. You guys at Transformity Research have been talking about energy this entire year. Is it still a sector you want to stay in?
1: Well, there's a couple things, Todd. Uh, there is no question that uh, so the things we own that generate uh, high levels of income, we head. And we hedge them with indexes that allow you to hedge, meaning simply that the, your hedges go up in value if the oil or natural gas prices were to come down in value. We, okay. we we got out of oil, of oily type energy stocks um, at the same time in June when we sold you know at a ridiculous profit our natural gas stuff because because honestly, to gosh, Todd, if you own a natural gas exploration company or an energy trust and yeah. it goes up two hundred and plus percent in two months. Yeah. Then you're an idiot so, not to sell. I mean, you're just no,
0: a no brainer. Yeah. And that was a idiot, Brilliant right? trade. Brilliant trade.
1: So then we were waiting for natural gas to come back. And what happened was, is that you had this issue uh, with the Freeport LNG plant down in uh, Odessa, Texas, that, you know, essentially had some pipes blow up and they... They closed down. Well, they export 17 percent of LNG. That's all been going to the to uh, Europe, by the way. So that really became an issue on on natural gas prices because if you take that type of demand, daily demand out, uh, and you you know have reasonable weather, then you expect the natural gas prices to come down. So we've been holding off on these natural gas prices. The issue really is, uh, you know, I, I sound like the weatherman, but I thought fo- we follow the the weather, you know, in the United States particularly very closely because right now we're in the this, you know, essentially warming period uh, where yeah. we're not getting, you know, these Arctic uh, vortex. They're getting the Arctic vortex in Canada. Let me tell you that. They're freezing <laughs> their, their wahoos <laughs> off up there. But yeah, um, so... Uh, I want, we're, you know, we're just neutral on gas, neutral on oil right now. And then we've, where we have a in, uh, high income, we hedge them with these uh, indexes. Um, okay. And so, you know, uh, I'll take the, I'll take the 18, 21% yields all day long. Yeah. As long yeah. as I don't have any downside exposure.
0: Okay. Well, Toby, let me ask you a question. So yeah. the, one of the similar on this, on the subject of energy, particularly yeah. when it comes to the war. And so now there's this talk about um, with the, with the price caps for Russian oil at 60 a barrel. I do. I'm not quite understanding how that actually works. I think it has more to do with probably the insurance of anything of this uh, of the oil. But I mean, with that, is that going to further be a a drawdown on West Texas Intermediate? And if that's the case, because when I see these big like the big three oil companies, as you know, I'm a big, big fan of Exxon, Chevron, and ConocoPhillips. But I would think that with those price controls in, if you're going to have added price pressures, especially on WTI, is that going to impact those stocks in the short term?
1: Well, in the short term, probably, but but you know, let's unpack that for a second. So, the, right now, if you buy, if you wanted to buy a barrel of Russian oil, it's called the U R A L Urals. Um, it's sixty five dollars on the open market. So, the sixty dollar cap is nothing uh, on a relative basis. Um, what. It, What it's doing is then, you know, it's it's like this game of chess. Uh, Then Russia gets to say, all right, if you put the camps on, then uh, we're not going to sell to you. And then the other side will say, well, yeah, but we're already getting all the oil we need from the United States or from, you know, other places. So, you know, go F off, Mr. Putin. Um, So so, so this is the war. And then OPEC, OPEC. Came out OPEC Plus came out last week and said that they're you know not adding any more oil into the system. So it's finding a balance, but the sixty dollar cap is really in with sixty four dollar URL. It's not going to drain Russia from the hundred billion dollars a month that makes exporting uh, their energy. So they're still going to be shooting five million dollar missiles into Ukraine. But the, the the when things settle, you know, this Ukraine war looks endless. Um, and yeah. uh, I mean endless meaning that you can't see an end date here. in the next three to you know five six months right um, but this is more about the the uh the seaborne stuff in other words uh, they have some pipelines bulgaria still gets you know Pipeline from from, uh, from Russia and and there's other people as well. But the issue was that you that you if you if you're in this cabal of people against Russia, you're not going to accept a uh, oil tanker to come in. And then in early February, we, you won't accept uh, oil products, which is diesel and gasoline and all that good stuff. Well, I, I'm more uh, interested in the diesel prices because that's that's where at the margin. You know, as you know, in the East Coast, we have a very big shortage of, of diesel. Diesel affects everything, man. Food prices, trucking prices, um, you know, transportation prices, et cetera, et cetera. So I think where we have more risk is in this uh, diesel uh, issue. We, we're, we're long tankers because what's happened is is that because they're cutting off uh, these sea routes, the tankers that are operating have to go, you know, it used to be 18 days. They have to go like 40 days now to deliver uh, their product to China or India or other parts of the world. So it's really, you know, the, the product tankers, oil tanker guys, they're doing backflips every day. They're, they're getting, they used to get like 28000 to thirty thousand dollars a day. They're now getting 78000 dollars a day to do the same thing they did for thirty eight thousand dollars a day. That's a lot of fun, you know? <laughs> right? Your, your costs right. don't go up, and uh, except for except for the uh, the diesel fuel that the, the bunker fuel that, that drives your uh, or powers your, your ship. But you have no more costs of that. So now this is all pure profit. And some of these guys have paid off. They used to operate at like two to three to one leverage. Uh, half of these guys have paid off all their debt in the last six yeah. months. So though you know, the, the, I wouldn't give up on the tankers. At all and, and okay. somehow takes a very high dividend, but until we see uh, a, a more tightness in the marketplace for oil yeah it 's very easy to you know come up with a sixty to you know, or a six yeah. handle as, uh, as we would say on Wall Street. Yeah. Um, on on oil simply because in the United States the the companies that that uh, drill and process and uh, oil are not adding any more um, capacity and and most of the capacity that they're taking out of the ground is from fracking and fracking you know when you blow the rocks to smithereens it it depletes. A lot of your oil or natural gas that are down there. So all they're doing is simply drilling to replace depletion. They're not adding more oil to the uh, you know the world system, and and OPEC is not adding any more oil. So you know I think no. we're, we're in a range, and there's not a lot of great stuff uh, to to be long on oil. That said, that could change tomorrow. I mean that's that the can. world we. Yeah, Yeah. that's the
0: world we live in, and no doubt about that. I would think an ancillary benefit, though. I mean, today you have airlines that are up today. Uh, Boeing is the only one of the Dow thirty that's actually trading higher, mainly because they they're talking about a new deal with United Airlines with uh, creating this new seven eighty seven Dreamliner. But I would imagine the lower prices, if the lower if gas if prices of oil can continue to to trend lower, you're going to have lower fuel costs that would be. Bring uh, bring prices down. We hope uh, to, on the in the airlines, but they're still stacking these planes fully to, to full capacity yeah. anyway. But yeah. it will be interesting. But still, the the little markets, the middle markets are still not seeing the volume of air travel because they don't have the planes in those middle markets. Yeah. It's only the bigger markets. So if that can start to expand, I think you're going to really start seeing airlines really could be, that could be the ancillary benefit for lower oil prices, but that's something that we're not going to probably see for another two or three Yeah, months, no, anyway. I mean, I
1: think you're right. I mean, um, obviously when you look at the occupancy rates on the, you know, the top five airlines, I mean, it's, it's crazy ask anybody who traveled over Thanksgiving, Lord knows how crowded it is. So, yeah, I think they're actually going to sort of be in a sweet spot here uh, because obviously we have all the pandemic build-up issues of not being able to travel to family and friends and so on and so forth. Prices are down, fares are down, uh, so, you know, you don't have the sticker shock like I did when I flew to Oakland like two months ago, but we bought the tickets like three months or two months before, and the same friggin ticket this week is like 40% down. Yeah. Mm. Is that Crazy! I, I know it's not. It's not. It
0: really is. I know. So well, we'll see. So we we'll really, I mean, what I'm actually is.
1: bullish on. I'm. I'm bullish on the airlines here. That the, the, the ones that have the you know highest occupancy and lowest operating costs. Uh, because yeah, you're right. They have some operational leverages. We like to say that. That's great. All right. Well, Toby, this was great stuff. Always
0: knowledgeable. I got to say, you definitely know your stuff. There's no doubt about it. A Transformity <laughs> Research obviously has got to be the the octane that fuels all that knowledge. So uh, so sensational, sensational uh, input today i'd say that all right well listen ladies and gentlemen that does it for us here at bhs live we hope we uh we we hope you please uh watch our shows we have a couple more coming out this week a few other surprises maybe some special guests as well so we do uh hope that you can join us so on behalf of tobin smith i'm todd schoenberger and and thank you for watching or listening to BHS (laughs)
1: live
0: (laughs) see ya take
1: care Buy, hold, sell, live, brought to you by Transformity Research.
0: Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed.